So the title that pastor has given us this week is, I have to go scroll back. It is Don't Worry, Move Mountains. All right. So we're coming against the spirit of worry starting this week. Okay. So we all have had reasons to worry. In our society, we've had this COVID, you know, we've had this COVID going on. And, you know, the, the Lord is in control of everything, right? We know the whole thing is in his hand. We know that we are under the blood of Christ, right? We're under the blood. So we know we plead the blood, just like in a court of law. How do you plead? Well, I plead innocent because of the blood of Jesus. Because when he shed his blood, he declared me innocent from reaping the wages of sin and death because weeping the rages of death because of sin that uh, was committed. So even if I do miss the mark, meaning I, I have sinned, even if I do miss the mark, I can remember what Christ has done because of his sacrifice. And how do we express that memory of what Christ has done? We express it through communion. He said, do this in remembrance of me. You eat my body. You drink my blood to remember what I've done. As often as you do it, this is the memorial of what I have done for you because it's already finished. The work is finished. It is done. So as we pray, we are reminding ourselves of what God has already promised. It's done. Everything God promised to you is already accomplished. You can think of it like a layaway plan. All right. So God has revealed something to you. It is in layaway. Now, some of you young people might not know what layaway is, but years ago when you couldn't afford to get something at the time you wanted it, like say if you wanted some, to buy your kids things for Christmas, they had a layaway department. So you could pick your things out, take it to the layaway department and then put it there and then make payments on it each week. Instead of using a credit card, you would go make payments. And then when you've paid all of the money, you could get your items. Okay. So that's layaway for all of the uh, under 30 people. Um, so <laughs> in the spirit realm, when God told you what he has for you, when you sought him in prayer and God revealed to you what he has for you in heavenly places, he has put it away. Now, how do we get it from heavenly places to right here on earth where we need it? Hmm. How do we do that? Well, we do that in the spirit. You have to be disciplined yourself to receive what God has for you. You have everything to do with it. You have everything to do with it because you have to call those things that are not as though they were. And God has already said, I have given you the choice of life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you and your children may live. So when you choose life, when you choose God, when you choose to obey the word of God, you're not only blessing yourself, but you're blessing your generations, your children and your children's children. Because God is outside of time, we are in time. 
So even if we don't see the blessing in our lifetime, the book of Hebrews tells us there were many, many, many heroes of faith who did not see what they had seen in their lifetime. But because of them, we're standing today because God is outside of time. So he always accomplishes his word. So I want to send encouragement to all of us who have children who are not obeying the word. And we have stood in faith for our family and our children. Don't be discouraged. They are his children because they, because you are his child and they come through you. They will come to a place to serve the risen savior. Amen. Don't worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Release the blessing of the Lord in the atmosphere. Instead of worrying, thinking about what bad thing is going to happen, because that's what worry is, contemplating on what bad things could happen, all the possibilities of all the bad. Switch your mind over to all the strategy that God is giving you. As you pray, the Holy Spirit comes alongside of you and he says, do this. Uh-oh, and that's your discipline. Holy Spirit says, do this. And you say, I ain't doing that. That kid is not going to listen to me. And I'm not wasting my breath and I'm not wasting my time. Well, you've delayed the process. <laughs> then you come back to God and you pray again. And he says, do that. And you say, I am not giving that person any money because mm -mm. when they do it, I know what they're going to do. They're going to waste it. And then a couple of months later, they're going to come back and say, I need a, I need a hundred dollars. If you just give it to me now, I promise I won't come back and ask you for it again. I'll use it and you know, I'll be responsible. And you're like, I'm not, no, I'm not giving it to them. You may have delayed the process. And then you say, oh, God, God, I, I need you to do this, so, so, and so, and I need you. Lord, I thank you. And God says, do this. And you say, mm, I'm not calling that person. I'm too busy. I have to go to work, and I have these kids, and we have to do homework, and I have studying to do, and I have a job. And God says, I want you to make time to spend with that person. I'll, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. And you just delayed the process. And all of your things that God has promised you for life and godliness are laid up in your heavenly places. But your discipline is lacking because you're not obeying in a prompt way. Okay? So instead of worrying, we should be walking in faith. Right? So faith is not only just believing because faith without what? is dead, is null, it's void, it's worthless. So you can believe, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I receive, I believe, I believe. But if you don't believe, if you believe with no action, then it's useless, right? So what's a, an action? What other kind of action? Okay, so what if you're sick? And it's a sickness like it's cancer or it's COVID, or it's a tumor of, you know, and maybe it's not cancer, but it's a tumor that grows, or, you know, something you feel like, oh, I don't have any control of this. You know, what, what am I supposed to do about this, right? So we pray, because we know God is all-powerful. He's all-powerful. God, God can do 
whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, however he wants to do it, because he's God. So first of all, we have to settle that in our mind. God is Lord. He's the boss, supreme, can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. So God, we, we subject ourselves to your will. We say, God, without you, we're nothing. But we also know God has given us the Holy Spirit. When Jesus went back to heaven, he left the Holy Spirit, right? And he said, I left you the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you into all truth. Not all facts, into all truth. What is truth? Thy word, O Lord, is truth. Now, we do have facts. Facts are, the doctor said, uh, you have tumors, you have five of them. They are growing. The truth is, I am healed by the blood of Jesus. That's the truth. The facts are, oh, those tumors are causing pain in your back and they're pressing against different organs and you're experiencing symptoms. Those are facts. The truth is, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Now, practically, how do we go about getting that manifestation of healing in the earth. First of all, when we come up against the situation where we hear that report, you cannot clinch. You cannot go back on the word of God when you hear that report. Because if you go back on the word of God, that's a lack of faith, right? So your first response has to be the word of God. What did God say? What did God say in the situation? What did God say in the situation? That's, so that's first, right? And then you can't, you cannot assume that God's going to heal you in the way you think he's going to do it because God's the boss. God can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. And God does use people. So we cannot get into arrogance and say, God's just going to supernaturally heal me. I'm not going to take any medicine. I'm not going to the doctor. I'm not doing anything. I'm going to sit back and wait. Well, Holy Spirit's going to tell you what to do. Now, if Holy Spirit told you to do that, then that's what you do. But if Holy Spirit says, Go to the doctor. If Holy Spirit says, take medicine. If Holy Spirit says, take, get an operation, whatever it is, you're going to trust God through the process. You have to trust him through whatever process Holy Spirit takes you through because he has a lesson for you in all of life's circumstances. So we can't be arrogant and say, God, do it this way or no way. God's going to do whatever he wants to do, how he wants to do, right? So we have to subject ourselves to the will of God. Amen. Y'all hear me? Hello, hello, hello. Amen, amen, amen. So let's go to, um, according to Mark 11, it's my, one of my favorite scriptures, <laughs> Mark 11, 22 and 23. Have faith in God. Now this is when Jesus had gone the day before, Jesus had gone to the temple in Jerusalem and he just observed. He just looked around and he saw people exchanging money and doing business in the church. And he got a little angry. So uh, he took care of business. He left to go outside of the city to wherever they were staying. And he passed a tree and he wanted to eat from the tree, but there was no fruit on the tree. So he cursed the tree. He said, there will never be fruit on you ever again. He went on out. Next morning, they come back to go to the temple. And the disciples were with him the whole time. And then they were passing that same tree. And Peter says, hey, this is this tree we passed yesterday. And Jesus spoke to it and it's dead this morning. 
And so then Jesus tells them, have faith in God, Jesus says to them. Truly I say to you that if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and has no doubt in his heart, but believes that it will happen, then it will be done. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And then the scripture goes on to say, and when you pray, forgive, forgive. So there we, we know we have to believe. We have to be able to say, we have to believe what we say. And we have to pray, right? So to pray is to acknowledge the Lord in all of the ways. So then you, you submit yourself to the Lord. You acknowledge the Lord. You obey the Lord. And all faith works through love. That's why he says forgive. Because if you're holding anything in your heart against other people, hinders your prayers, hinders your faith. So we have to walk in love in every single way. So you have, that's another discipline of yours. You have to decide to forgive. You have to decide to walk in love. Love, they say, is a verb. It's an action. Not necessarily a feeling. It's an action. So what are you doing? You're depending on Holy Spirit again. <laughs> Lord, I choose to forgive and I choose to love. What should I do? I promise God will tell you. <laughs> He'll tell you how to, how to act it out in that verb, how to show love in whatever situation you're facing. Amen? Um, another instance was in Matthew 17, an instance of faith. Um, this is when a person brought his son who was having seizures to the disciples, Matthew 17, 19 through 20. And he said, can you help my son? He has seizures and the seizures throw him in fire and the seizures throw him in water and try to help him. But it just keeps happening. And so the disciples said, yeah. And I imagine, I imagine they did what they saw Jesus do before. And they probably said, come out, come out of him. And that boy was still seizing. <laughs> and, you know, he was still having those same actions. And they were confused. Like, what? I don't know. What, what's going on? So they brought him, the disciples to Jesus. And he said, they said, why couldn't we drive it out? And he said, because you have so little faith. So what does that tell you? That tells you, you can be acting like you have faith, but not have faith. You can be copycatting somebody that you have seen that has faith because whatever they were praying for came to pass. <laughs> but when you try to do it, it didn't work. And you say, well, how come it doesn't work for me? <laughs> right? Because you have to make sure you're aligned with Holy Spirit. You're doing what Holy Spirit has told you to do as an individual, right? And not copycatting somebody else. He said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain again, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing. So that ties back into our title, don't worry, move mountains. Your faith can move mountains. We all have obstacles in our lives that we perceive as mountains. So we have to use our faith to move those mountains. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus explains in great detail reasons why we should not worry. But he doesn't just tell us not to worry. He tells us what else to do. So start in, um, Matthew chapter six, 
verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor weep, reap nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But what do you do? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. How do you seek first the kingdom of God. What does that mean to seek the kingdom of God? So what is a kingdom? A kingdom is a way of authority, a, a way where law ab abides in a certain region is a kingdom. So we could say our household is the Carter kingdom. So how we do things in our house is the kingdom. How you do things is your kingdom. So God has a kingdom. So seeking first his kingdom is seeking his way of doing things. How do we seek God's way of doing things? We know the word of God. You read your Bible and pray every day. Just like you learned in Sunday school, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. That's what you do. <laughs> Everything you needed to learn, you learned in kindergarten. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you will grow in God's kingdom. There was a time when little children wanted to come to Jesus and the di disciples were pushing them away. He said, oh, no, no, let the children come to me for such is the kingdom of God. So we come, that's why you hear people say you have to come to God like a little child. How is a little child? What is their personality? They have to trust the adults in their lives because they don't know what they're doing. That's how we are with God. We have to trust God because we don't know what to do. It's very simple. We make it very hard. <laughs> it's not complicated, it's very simple, but we make it very hard. Now you can say, what's the difference between uh, worry and concern? You can be concerned about something, but when you're concerned, you usually have a strategy on how to accomplish whatever it is. A concern is a good thing. Saying, okay, I see something. I see something needs to be done about this. I see something needs to be fixed. So it makes you aware of it. That's a concern, but that's not always a bad thing. You get a strategy to accomplish it through the Holy Spirit. Worry is ruminating that, and it paralyzes you. 
that's worry. I don't know what to do. I don't know. What if I do this? I don't know. But if I do this, then this might happen. And I don't know if I'll do this. And if I buy this, but if I take that opportunity, then I'll have to pay all this money. And I don't know if I'll be able to pay all this money. So I'll have to do this. And I don't know. But if I try to lose this weight, I'll just fall off the wagon again. And and I don't I don't feel like feeling again. And you know, and I, I just I just I just don't know. I'll just I'll just be overweight all my life. And I don't and I don't know. And and if I try to exercise, you know, I had that injury before. And if I exercise, it's gonna hurt it and it's gonna flare up. And then I'll have to go to the doctor. And then I'll have to pay money. And I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And then if I try to put my kid in this program and and he doesn't like it, or if a kid, other kids bully him, and I don't know, I, I, you know, that's worry. Okay, <laughs> you're just overthinking everything, just going through everything that can go bad. So it's good to be concerned, but the worry that paralyzes you, that is not a good thing. So when seeking God, you have to be honest in what you're, see what you're seeking. Are you just seeking things to add to yourself? Are you just seeking what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink? where I'm going to live, what I'm going to wear, what job I'm going to have. Why? Why? If anybody knows somebody who has a lot of money, usually they say, money's real nice. It gives you options. There's not really any fulfillment in it. So there's always still something more to pursue, right? There's always still something, the, the purpose of God. That's, that's what we're looking for, the purpose. Why am I here? How, why did you create me? How am I supposed to live this life? When I die, I want somebody to realize I'm gone, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I don't want people to just be like, hmm, they're gone. So that's what we find out when we seek God's kingdom, when we seek his way of doing things. We find out why. Why, God? Why? And that's what the whole world wants to find out. That's the whole pursuit everybody is, is striving to get to, especially younger people that I talk to. They're just trying to figure out why. <laughs> why are we going? God fills in those answers of why. I've asked God why, why, why here? Why me? Why Indiana? Why, God, why? <laughs> to be quite honest, God has given me visions that I, that I haven't seen. He's given me visions that have come to pass, but he's also given me visions that I have not seen yet, particularly about this church. And um, so my uh, goal, or my task is to not back up on the word of God <laughs> when faced with what I'm faced with. I say, God, did you really say this? God, I don't see. I don't. Uh, God, for real? For real? Really? This guy happened for real? Okay. Okay. But so my job is to obey God, obey the Holy Spirit, obey Holy Spirit, and trust God enough to know that even if what he showed me doesn't happen while I'm still living, <laughs> doesn't mean it won't come to pass because God is faithful. Amen. God already knows what we need. Oh, come on. Don't you just love? There we go. <laughs> it's not working. All right. So in seeking the kingdom of God, we're just going to go through some scriptures here. The promises are God, of God are our weapons in this spiritual fight. So we're just going to go over some scriptures 
And you may not have all of these scriptures because I added some to the list yesterday. So, but uh, Romans 16, 20, it says, this is under the promise of ultimate victory. Be excellent at what is good and innocent of evil and the God of peace shall put the enemy underneath your feet. Some people just want to say, oh, the God of peace will put the enemy underneath your feet. But there's a whole clause before that. It says, be excellent at what is good and be innocent of evil. And then the God of peace shall put the enemy underneath your feet. All of the promises of God have a clause with them. If then... If you are excellent at what is good and innocent of evil, then the God of peace shall put the enemy underneath your feet. The promise of amazing blessing comes in Deuteronomy 28 and 2. He says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So we have obedience and then all the blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. And then down in verse eight, it says, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand to do. And he will bless you in the land in which the Lord, your God is giving you. So we cannot just sit and expect the Lord to bless us. He said, he'll bless you and all that you put your hand to do. So you must be doing something. Amen. You must be doing something for the Lord to bless you. Psalm 1611 is under the promise of divine presence. He gives you the promise of his divine presence. He says, you will show me the path of life and your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures evermore. Sometimes the psalmist, the psalmist usually is encouraging themselves in the Lord. And this is what we have to do. We have to be disciplined to encourage ourselves in the Lord. When we are down, we have to be like David and say, why are you cast down, O my soul? Have faith in the God of your salvation. And this is an example of what he's doing here in 1611. He says, you will show me the path of life because I know in your presence is the fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. In Hebrews 13, five under the, uh, the promise of divine presence, it says, let your conduct be without covetousness, be content with such things as you have for he himself has said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Be content with what you have with where you are, because God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Under the promise of healing in Exodus 15, 26, it says, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, then I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. This is a scripture we can use right now with COVID. We can declare, I live in the land of Goshen. I am like the Israelites who are looking over at Egypt and saw all the famine and all the disease over there. And Genesis says, or Exodus says, that God blessed all the Israelites who were in Goshen. That's where I stand. When COVID first came out, I said, oh, I live in Goshen. I won't get that. 
<laughs> that's where I live. And I just declare Psalm 91 over me, over and over. So even if I get a little headache, if I get a little sniffle, I say, Lord, I hide under the shadow of the Most High God and under his wing. He lifts me up in his hands. I don't dash my foot against the stone. I'm not afraid of arrows that fly by day, nor terror that comes at night. No evil shall befall me. You have to declare the word of the Lord. Amen. Psalm 103, 2, 3 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. He forgives all of our sins. He heals all of our diseases. So even if you have sinned, you can declare Psalm 103. I am a child of God. He has forgiven all of my sins and he heals all of my diseases. You don't have to accept anything bad because you have sinned. You can walk in the forgiveness that God has already accomplished for you. Amen. God gives us the promise of peace in the storm. He gives us the promise of peace. In this storm, he gives us the promise of peace in this storm. So if you are facing um, loss of job because of COVID or, you know, not able to work as many hours because of sickness, or if you are facing um, lack of housing or stability in housing, if you are facing actual sickness or those around you being sick, if you are facing uh, childcare issues because of sickness in the school, God gives you peace in the midst of this storm. Isaiah 43, two says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. So you can go through the storm and come out safe on the other side, amen? We have the promise of divine protection. In Zechariah 2.5, it says, For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around you, and I will be the glory in the midst of you. Amen? And then our ultimate promise of protection. Psalm 91 is my ultimate promise of protection. <laughs> Those who live in the shelter of the Most High, will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This is what the psalmist himself says. You can declare this you, yourself. It says, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. He is my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him for he will rescue me from every trap and protect me from deadly disease. He will cover me with his feathers. He will shelter me with his wings. His faithful promises are my armor and protection. I am not afraid of terrors of the night nor arrows that fly by day. I do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though thousands fall at my side, Though 10,000 are dying around me, these evils will not touch me. I just open my eyes and see how the wicked are punished. And it, since I make the Lord my refuge, since I make the Lord the most high my shelter, no evil 
will conquer me. No plague will come in my home, for he orders his angels to protect me wherever I go. They hold me up in their hands so I don't even hurt my foot on a stone. I trample on lions and cobras, and I crush fierce lions and serpents under my feet. And then the Lord responds. He says, I rescue those who love me. I protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I answer them. I'm with them in trouble. I rescue and honor them. I reward them with long life and I show them my salvation. When you talk to God and you declare faithfulness in your life, God will talk back to you and he'll confirm your own words. When you say positive things, life God brings positive back to you. When you say negative things, life brings negative back to you. You sow, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow, all right? So remember to stay in the positive, the word, the word of God. Declare the word of God in every situation. We have the promise of abundant provision. God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives us grace and glory. And no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Amen. By humility and the fear of the Lord, there are riches, riches and honor and life. We have the promise of wisdom. It says in James 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to everybody liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. Just ask in faith and not doubting, because if you doubt, you're like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Don't expect to receive anything from the Lord. If you ask in doubt, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's in the word, James 1. If you ask in doubt, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord. Ask in faith, believing, knowing that God is able and willing. He is able and willing to give you the answers you ask for. That willing part was hard for me. I was like, God, I know you're able but are you willing? Will you do this for me? I thought I was so special that God would not do what, you know, what the word says for me. I don't know why I thought I was so special. He loves us all. <laughs> he loves us all. He is willing, able and willing to bless you. The promise, we have a promise of the Holy Spirit to help us in every situation. John 14 says, 14 and 16 says, and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said. The Holy Spirit will teach you everything you need to know to do what he wants you to do. So you have no excuses. Holy Spirit will teach you everything you need to know to do what he wants you to do. And he will keep reminding you. He says, I'll bring all things back to your remembrance. So you don't even have to worry. I'm getting old. I can't remember I, my mind. I don't know. Holy Spirit will bring all things back to your remembrance. Amen. We have the promise of sufficient grace. Amen. Psalm 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, 
but the Lord delivers us out of them all. We have grace to go through everything we need to go through. And then 1 Corinthians 10 says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted or tried or tested, he will show you a way out so that you can endure it. Amen.